Um, it was a train wreck and I got excited. I've never been that far in the hole before. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hi friends, I can't believe that 2022 is almost over. We're about to see the new year in. I want to say a huge thank you to all of you listeners uh, for making this podcast so amazing. I absolutely love hearing from you. I enjoy delivering the content every single week. It's just such a joy and honestly an honor to be able to bring these episodes to you every single week. And I've absolutely loved it. And I'm so excited for 2023. Have some amazing guests lined up for you. Um, and at the moment, what I've been doing is just kind of reflecting on the past year. If you haven't done that, I would definitely encourage you to do that over the next day or so. Really important to look back. If, you, if you're someone like me who journals, capture those moments in your journal, just flick back through and see the things that have happened. Your wins are amazing to be celebrating. You should definitely be doing that, but also looking for the learning opportunities and looking at how you've grown. Because at the end of the day, we just want to be growing and developing as much as we possibly can. And when we're looking ahead to 2023 and we're looking at our goals, we need to step into the person that achieved those goals. And if you have any kind of niggling doubts about what you can achieve, then I think the content we've put to you, together for you in this episode is going to really help you because it's going to open to your eyes what is really possible. My guests that we've woven together, some clips from previous episodes, share just the incredible successes they've had, personal feats and challenges that they've overcome. And I hope that this will really inspire you to know that no matter where you are now, anything is truly possible. So if you've got some big goals and you're thinking, how can I get there? And also, can I personally really do this? Like, or is this just for other people? then this um, clip of my interview with Peter Sage is really going to help you. He was so far in the hole. I mean, so in the hole, not just financially. He was in one of the toughest prisons in the UK. But he turned that into excitement and managed to find a way through, not just, in fact, to develop himself and achieve his goals, but also those um, of the prisoners within that prison and actually start to change their lives despite the violence was, that was occurring. He has an incredible book all about this and he shares so much in this interview. So have a listen to this clip and then if you want to go back and listen to the full episode, is episode 150. He really does share how to master your inner game. It's about setting yourself up to win. The first thing is intention. What is it that I actually want? Yeah, let's get some clarity. Clarity, clarity gives power. Where is it that I want to go? The second step is actually to be okay with where you're at. And this is where a lot of people struggle because a lot of people resist where they're at. And the, the metaphor I like to give is that, is that of an art gallery. See, if you walk into an art gallery and you walk into a room where there's a certain artist and you find that artist offensive, you don't like your current bank statement on the wall, your current reflection in the mirror, your current, you know, you know, uh, whatever it may be, relationship. And you have no right to call the curator and say, I demand you take this artwork off the wall. It's offensive. It's upsetting. You're going to get thrown out of the gallery. Yeah, we're all guests in this world. You have every right to choose to walk into a new room. And the challenge is that complaining about your current circumstances really is the glue that keeps you tied to them. Yeah, if you resist being fat, you're going to stay being fat. 
When you're finally okay with, hey, this is where I'm at, and I'm okay with where I'm at, I can choose to be thin. Now let's go walk that path rather than stay unhappy that I'm where I'm at. So getting okay to where you are, for whatever reason it served you at whatever level, conscious or unconscious, even if it's a level of reference for what you don't want, come to terms with it, thank it, have gratitude for it, and then say, okay, today I'm going to start walking into a different room. I'm going to choose what I want. You see, if, if I, you don't look at a six-year-old and complain that it's an imperfect teenager. You don't look at an acorn and say it's an imperfect oak tree. A lot of people look at their empty bank balance and complain it's, a, yeah, it's not a full one. No, it's a perfect example of what it is, an empty bank balance. Okay, let's get to that level of acceptance, understanding, and now move on to take steps is what is required to fill it up. But if you're walking around fighting reality, I've got news for you. It's probably going to win. I often get asked, what is my favorite supplement that I take year round with no exception? And it has to be magnesium. And that is Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizer specifically, because it has seven different forms of magnesium. And you don't really know which ones you're deficient in. It is literally like Zen in a bottle. It helps you sleep. It helps to reduce stress levels and make you feel more relaxed and at peace. And it helps to boost your immune system, helps to regulate heart rhythm, and also contributes to building strong, bones i absolutely love bioptimizers magnesium and the great news is is you can get a cool 10 percent off by going over to bioptimizers.com forward slash angela and entering code angela 10 at checkout that's bioptimizers.com forward slash angela and entering code angela 10 at checkout and if you're here in the uk just head over to bioptimizers.uk forward slash angela with the same cooper code angela 10 at checkout now let's get back to the show and why would you say that though? Because that is, I, I agree with you, that is the case. And I, but I think that your vibration at that point is matching the person with the, in, the sub, suboptimal bank balance, shall we put it that way, or the suboptimal body, right? But it's very difficult sometimes for people to transcend that and actually step in because effectively what you're doing them, I actually think for, for, for many people when they're creating something new, right? And we, we need to be growing all the time, right? Otherwise we're effectively dying. The first one is what do I really want? People actually really struggle with. I find free journaling can sometimes help with that, but people do struggle. And I think because to really create what you want, you first of all have to give yourself permission to dream. And so many people lost sight of that in school because they were told off for daydreaming and looking out the window and all this. You know, you believe as a young child you can have anything and then you kind of get conditioned actually you know, this is your lane, stay within it type thing, or that you might have some success, but often people will, you know, they might get a big bonus, but then actually they spend it. So net net, they're coming back to the same because they keep writing themselves into this situation. So I think the first question, how would you, let, let's start there, because I think they've got to get that clarity because you can't even get off the first block unless you know what you want. How have you found is the best way to help people develop that and understand, well, what do I really want? How can they do that? It's <clears throat> two things, although to, to start with, let, let, let's put it on the foundation to sum up everything you said there. And I call this the number one law in personal growth. People can never rise above the opinion of themselves. Mm, I agree. Yeah, period. So if it comes to you know, being able to understand that and then say, okay, what do I want to do about it? While clarity about what you want is clearly important, it pales into a second place as to why you want it. 
Now, a lot of reasons why people get demotivated is because their why is not big enough. And I don't mean in terms of like lots and lots of reasons. I'm talking about the difference between being egocentric, covering up levels of insecurity versus having some level of yeah, contribution or growth and contribution behind it. See, the reason most people are so stressed is they're too focused on themselves. Just part of the game. So if you say, okay, why do I want to, why do I want to do this? Let's take another health example. You take marathon runners, people that have run mar running marathon for the first time. Let's not you know, talk about the crazies that you know, do it every year or you know, for fun that are at that level of identity and, and reference. People doing a marathon, it's not a lot of people's goals you know, in, the, in the one day I'd like to department. So if you're going to run a marathon, you just focus on the people the first time, the ones that actually make it to the end rather than quit. And I don't mean quit during the race, way more people quit before you know, the race. Yeah. I'm talking about what, what gets people to the end. And you study the people that are first timers, you will find a huge um, correlation between those that are running for a cause that is bigger than them, a reason that is bigger than them, raising money for a charity they're passionate about, or a, a, a family member who's suffering or in memory of, or whatever it is, something that means more than their own pain. And so if you really want to be inspired about what it is you want, because inspiration is the nuclear fission of the human soul, motivation has a time limit. You're going to have to keep topping up the tank. So if you want to be inspired, then you know, with your why, don't make it about what you want to get. Oh, I want to get enough money to pay my bills. Well, then you're going to get probably enough money to pay your bills and, and, and be unhappy. But if you're like, oh, no, I, I want to be an example for what's possible for other people. You know, I'm 250 pounds, you know, uh, uh, which is you know, 100 pounds overweight. And I don't want to lose 150 pounds. Or I don't want to lose 50 pounds, sorry, for, you know, uh, so that I can look good uh, and, you know, and pull the girls. I want to lose 50 pounds so I can inspire other people that are overweight and given up that it's still possible at my age, for example. Yet now you've got a different focus. Now your focus is more you know, uh, outer-centric than egocentric. And, uh, and now you, you've got something, you know, that this part, there's a magic, there's a spark, there's a demeanor, there's a reason, there's a cause. Uh, and so, you know, from, from my side, that's probably the, you know, the, the, the biggest way to, to start. We all know what it is we don't want. That's easy. But, you know, don't spend too much time in that room in the art gallery because, yeah, it's not going to serve you. Yeah. Choose what it is that you do want. Don't filter it. And here's another uh, big issue that I see with a lot when it comes to goal setting. For start, goal setting is a little, yeah, has its basis in a little bit of the the, the Americanism from you know, being able to move forward, and, and, and Brits tend to be a little bit more, yeah, that's uh, uh, a little more reserved. But goal setting, a lot of people tend to resist because it's usually what we feel somebody else's imposition of what we should be, yeah, being put onto us. You know, you've got to set better goals. You've got to do this again. Goes back to to school. So if you reframe goal setting, I have two organizing principles when it comes to goals. One is, A, if I've got any idea how I can achieve the goal you know, I set, when I set it, it's too small. See, a lot of people set goals they think they know how to achieve. Well, where's the room for the magic? Where's the room to be inspired? I'm not going to be inspired by going to run a 5K race when I, I know I can run 5K, even though I've not done it. Go run a 42K race. Whoa, I have no idea how to do that. Now we've got some, you know, some energy. It's like, whoa, okay. Because that ties into the second principle. And the second organizing principle for me on setting goals is the purpose of setting a goal is not to achieve the goal. 
get off that rabbit track. The purpose, the real purpose of setting a goal is to see who do I need to become in order to achieve the goal. Now, I ran um, uh, the Marathon Day Saab uh, uh, a while back, and it's an ultramarathon across the Sahara Desert. You know, you're running a marathon a day pretty much back to back for seven days. Day four is a double marathon, you know, 52 miles, 84 kilometers, one stage. Uh, you're running in 50 degree heat. Yeah, you're carrying 20 kilos on your back. It's in soft sand. It's it's not exactly a, a walk in a park. And I remember getting to the end of that race, and I was seeing people beating themselves up because they didn't get a personal best or they came out of the side of the top 100 or whatever. I was like, well, who did you have to show up to the race? If you'd have failed halfway, the person you had to become the last two years of training in order to get on the plane is worth celebrating. That's the real, that's what you're taking with you once your blisters heal, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> I know someone that did it, it was the blisters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that having that attitude, Having that focus, not like, oh, I'm not good enough unless I go do this. Oh, I, I'm in so much pain. I need to get this in order to be. No, stop focusing on you. Start focusing on what you can do to give your gift to the world as, a, as an example, because you're only one of two things, an example or a warning. It's the only two things we get to choose to be. And some people are an example of what not to become, i.e. a warning. But an example of turning things around. You know, I've, I've lost more times than I've won. Yeah, I'm, to me, if I lost everything tomorrow, it'd be a damn good excuse to go again. Four years ago, I came out of prison. I'd been in there for six months in the most violent prison in England, in Pentonville. Had you? Interesting. I'd never, never been accused of a crime, never been arrested, still don't have a criminal record. I was in there for contempt of court on a civil matter, arguing a multi-million dollar deal with a multi-billion dollar company that had a ruthless law firm, Mish Ray, you probably know them. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, and I was on legal aid. It's a foregone conclusion. Uh, and I, uh, I served six months, lost my business, lost yeah, my, yeah, but came out third of a million in debt, legal costs, yeah, everything else. I mean, it was a, a train wreck. And I got excited. I've never been that far in the hole before. In this clip, you're going to hear from Dan Sullivan in my interview with him on how to overcome fear and manifest your dreams. And we talk about why your body fights you against your goals and dreams and how your body is kind of perfectly engineered as a machine for survival and specifically how you can overcome that and that reptilian part of your brain that wants to protect you because when you're trying to achieve something new you need to create a new form of you and you need to overcome this old programming so have a listen to this and as i say if you want to go back and listen to the full episode it's number 141 and in order to get from where you are now to where you want to be means you have to make some changes. And there, and they, since there's time and space involved, it's a journey. And it's a journey into a place that you've, you've never been. So it has, the, it's the unknown. You're, you're, you're having to commit to something that you don't know. And everything in your body, everything in your body fights against that because your body is a perfectly engineered machine for survival. You've all, all life, it doesn't matter if it's trees or humans or animals, all life has a compulsion to survive. 
And when you see something that's different, the first thing instinctively, and it's, it's not just your conscious mind, it's your, it's your gut instinct, it's your reptilian brain going, that is dangerous because it's unknown. And when we, when we have to make a decision based on something unknown, it's terrifying because our, everything in our body is saying, you may not survive this level of change. Mm-hmm. Just like being chased by a tiger in India. All of a sudden, it's fight or flight. Joe Dispenza talks about it in detail in his books and in his lectures. But the fight or flight response is instinctive and it's instantaneous. And when you're, when you're in a, a fight or flight mode, it's not time to meditate. It's not time for affirmations. It's not time to stop and breathe deeply, although that would help. It's time to, it's time to be careful for your survival, even if it's imaginary. Because to your, to your subconscious mind, an imaginary incident traveling into the unknown is just as real as trying to dash across a freeway. It's, mm. it's potentially dangerous, therefore, it's to be avoided because your instinct is to survive. We, we, we get those things mixed up and we feel that to get from point A to point B, we have to, we have to know the path. And that's not true. We're dealing with something that is based on our thoughts. It's based in our imagination. And we don't have to know the path from where we are to where we want to be. All we have to do is see ourselves there. So we see ourselves with our goal achieved. It has nothing to do with affirmations. It has nothing to do with understanding, with, with analyzing it. It has nothing to do with anything except imagining what would I really, really love. It's, it all starts with a thought and with desire that comes from the idea that the thought brings. When somebody says, a thought came to me, they're describing it exactly. It did not originate in you. It came to you and wants to go through you because that thought is a form of, just a form of energy that's coming from universe, the universe, from source energy, from infinite intelligence, from God, whatever you want to call it. The thought energy is, has always been out in the universe and always will be, but it comes to you. And when you get a thought that turns into a desire, that becomes the, the moving force to start the wheels in motion to make the goal actually become reality. And people say, how can that be? You can't, you can't make a thought into something real. But you do it, you do it, and you've done it in your life over and over again. Every time you have a little goal, I'm going to put on my shoes. It's an idea. You haven't put your shoes on. You're in bed, and you're thinking, I've, I have to get up and get dressed. That's a, a little mini goal. And your body goes into motion following the, your thought, and pretty soon you've got your clothes on, you've tied your shoes, and you're ready to go out the door. 
Genevieve Barron said it very clearly in, in about 1921, that where you focus, when you focus your attention, you tell the infinite universe, you tell infinite intelligence, Thomas Chard called it infinite responsive intelligence, you tell the, the source energy of the universe how to move. Your thoughts generate the energy that tells source energy where to move. Now that's getting out, maybe for some people, that's a little bit too, uh, too far fetched in terms of thinking, but we're doing it right now. Right now. Can I, I, can I start with pause you there? Okay. That, that's quite interesting what you're saying there, because I've heard the statement where, and where focus um, goes, energy flows. Now, that had in, uh, initially I had perceived that to be where focus goes, energy from you flows. But actually what you're saying is there's a bigger energy than that. The world begins or the universe begins to conspire energetically with you. And it's that energy together that moves the position. It, it, it is, and it's in response to your focused attention. And it's, we're talking, we, we, we're limited in our thinking because we, we, think that, we think that we're an individual, I'm an individual, you're an individual, and that there's somehow there's a separation between us. But really, in fact, we are all connected at a very deep, not just a deep level spiritually, but at a subatomic level. The, the particles that make up you, the, the, not just the atoms, but the electrons and the pions and the mesons and the muons and all the different particles that make up the, the atom itself, we share, we share electric fields between all of those subatomic particles. And it's been shown many times in quantum physics experiments that subatomic particles have what they call entanglement, where there is actually communication between particles at a subatomic level. And because of that, and we're all made of those subatomic particles, there is energetic communication between us right now. And it's happening as you're sitting there, Angela. Mm -hmm. I have a thought in my mind. And that thought, my brain starts to control my voice box and my mouth, and I start making sounds and I form words. And that those words are energetic pressure waves that travel through the air to the speaker, to the microphone, wherever the microphone is, and get converted in the if thought energy has been changed into pressure waves. Those pressure waves hit the microphone, they're changed into electric into vibrations that are picked up electronically transferred through my computer to the whole cell phone system around the globe, you're sitting six or 7,000 miles away from me. And at your computer, that, that electronic signal that's come through, through space is picked up by the receiver in your computer, changed back into pressure waves, comes out your speaker, you, you hit the pressure waves, hit your ears and are converted back into electrical signals and you recognize it. Uh, my thought has been transferred to you through uh, an energetic transfer of, of electric and, electric and electromagnetic and pressure waves. 
mm-hmm. which which is amazing in in itself. But I suppose when we transfer this energy, I think you, um, if I track back a little bit to what you were talking about there, is that um, you this concept of giving this powerful focus, right? And actually even people like Stephen Covey had talked about this, this power of single pointed focus. You and I were discussing before the show that, you know, the greats in sport, for example, how they have created and manifested exactly what they want. Novak Djokovic wanted to be the best tennis player in the world. And sometimes he hits that spot. And Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, you know, if you you can watch his videos on YouTube when he talks about being not just one of the best, but the best football player in the world. If indeed fear gets in the way, and this does for a lot of people, and they'll find this because many people will say, you know, I was getting such great results and then I did something silly or I, you know, I feel like I just sabotaged myself because they almost block themselves. Well, how can we stop that happening? Because if we truly want to live our best selves and our best version of our own lives, Cristiano Ronaldo is doing that. He is the best football player or or was the best football player in the world for definitely a a long period of time. How How do people stop fear getting in the way, stop them sabotaging themselves and actually get these efforts to line up and overcome that so that they can create that new sense of self that you're speaking of? Oh, that that's a great question. And it's it's almost the answer is you almost said the answer in asking the question. I uh, the there there are three parts to that. One is the idea of things that get in the way uh, for the development. Two is the uh, the understanding that you need to have you need to have a clear picture of of the person that you're going to be and two you have to take some action for it or three you have to take some action for it to make it make it happen and it doesn't mean affirmations it means if we go back to the to the beginning if we're setting a goal if if my goal my goal is the best football player in the world but if if my goal is to create something that's going to change civilization in order to do that, I have to not focus on the goal. Let's make it something simple, a car. If you, if you wanted a car, you don't focus your attention on the car. Neville says to focus your attention on the feeling of having achieved the goal, on the feeling, not on the object. And it's, it's said, over and over again. Don't think of the thing. Think of how you feel when you have the thing or the change or the relationship or the, the, the successful person that you, that you want to become. And, and think of having already become that person because remember, just like the fighter or flight response, if something happens in your imagination, it's real to your subconscious mind. And everyone who's achieved a goal has seen themselves not just having achieved the goal, but they, they embrace the feeling of having achieved the goal. And it's the feeling, it's the emotion, because you're, when, you don't think in, in, in words. You think in pictures, 
and emotions. And the picture, Genevieve Barron says, paint the picture, create the image, paint the picture and make it as detailed as you can. And this was over a hundred years ago. Make the, make the picture as detailed as you can and then analyze the picture and make it even more clear. Then let yourself go into the feeling of what it would be like to actually be living that life, being that person that you want to be, having, having the success, having the relationships, having the, the things that will make not just your life better, but make it possible for you to, to give value to other people. The feeling is the important part. And Neville Goddard says it at least a hundred times in The Power of Awareness. Focus your attention on the of having achieved the goal. And then what are there there are gonna be barriers because your 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 subconscious mind has been trained to that. So you heard there about how important it is to focus on the feeling of the wish fulfilled um, and putting your attention on the goal. But also, as Dan mentioned, that there's going to be barriers that come up because your subconscious mind has been trained to that. And so it's like, how can you overcome those barriers? Well, I think firstly, it's about really understanding what is possible. And Michael Jurgen's does this very eloquently in my interview with him, um, where he just shares the kind of incredible things that people have done from Rich Roll doing five Ironmans in five days to other people doing 50 marathons across 50 states in 50 days. It's just incredible what you can achieve. And also Michael's own journey of having to raise three children and get up at 3am and the kind of physical feats and career advancements that he made when times were difficult and really i just share this clip now to open your mind to what's possible for you yeah so i think you know the people you know we talk a lot about self-limiting beliefs and i believe that that the people that are sitting there going oh i wish i could but i don't have enough time you do you just have to figure out how to how to manage your life differently and one of the analogies that i always use was an Ironman race, like even people who are competitive athletically to do an Ironman is, wow, that is a big deal. And then Rich Roll came out and he said, I'm going to do five Ironmans in five days, back to back. And everyone said, that's impossible. You can't do that. And then he went out and did it. And then everyone said, oh my God, you're the greatest person that's ever lived. And then the Iron Cowboy came out and said, I'm going to do 50 of them in 50 days. And just to make it harder, I'm going to do a different state in the United States every day. So I'm going to travel every night from state to state and do 50. And everyone said, that could never happen. And then he went out and did it. And then he said, you know what? I bet I could do 100 in 100 days. And he went out and he did it. And so it's this idea of like, whatever you decide is possible becomes possible. And so the person that's sitting at home going, I can't do it. Well, guess what? You probably can't. But if you say, I can, I just need to figure out how, then it, it unlocks, you know, the possibilities and your unconscious mind will help you in the background figure that shit out. Now you might be thinking, well, that just seems incredible, but how do I put this into practice, right? What if I have this goal that's so much bigger than me? 
how can I actually break that down? Because it can feel so overwhelming. And that's why I want to share with you a clip from my interview with Brian Keane earlier this year. Uh, he originally started off as a teacher, then he became a bodybuilder. He's a massive online fitness influencer with multiple best-selling books. But he also set himself along the way these huge goals of achieving massive physical feats, really to help him become the person that he needed to become. And you'll hear in this clip about how he made the journey to actually complete the Marathon de Sable and other feats alongside things like an Arctic challenge. And how when he first came up with the idea of doing these ultra marathons, he was just so disappointed because he couldn't even kind of run two kilometers without falling ill. And so he broke this down. He broke it down. Rather than thinking, I've got to do five marathons effectively, what about if I could just achieve one? How would I do that? And who would I need to become? So I think this will really help you when you've got this big goal, this big dream, and you feel like maybe your subconscious mind is fighting you a little bit, that kind of old conditioning and psyche. How can you actually practically break it down into steps to help you achieve this goal? So have a listen now to Brian Key. I used to be a teacher. So I was a primary school teacher. It was my quote-unquote real job. Um, before I transitioned into what was at the time one-to-one -one personal training, working as a nutritionist and then into the online space. Um, so yeah, so my backstory kind of goes way back to that. I did three and a half wow. years working as a primary school teacher yeah, in London. And in 2012, when I certified first, I got my qualifications. I did, I worked the two jobs. I worked as a teacher during the day and then I worked as a personal trainer at nighttime. And then in 2014, I made the transition and I moved back home to Ireland, back in with my mum and dad. Um, it, my sister gave me a old little car, which was as old as I was to try and get to and from the gym. Um, and I said, I'd try and get this personal training business off the ground. And with that, nobody knew who I was. I had no social media, like literally my name didn't carry any weight. And I started seeing these bodybuilding shows and fitness modeling shows and men's physique shows starting to get popular. And I remember thinking, well, if I do these, at least people will start to know who I am. So I transitioned into that world and I ended up doing really well. You know, I, I became a professional fitness model, which basically just means you get paid to do the shows. Um, and I got to travel around the world doing photo shoots and things along those lines. And it worked for my business. It got me a load of one-to-one -one clients. It got me a load of people working with me where I had to bring on other coaches and other trainers. And then after a couple of years of doing that, I transitioned out. So in 2015, my daughter was born and I did my last show. She was born in May 2015. And I did my last show in August 2015, which was the Worlds in Las Vegas. So I, I came eighth, I came top 10 in that show. And I was so brain dead. I was so tired all the time. And I remember thinking, I, I'm going to be a crap dad if I keep doing this. And my priorities changed. Like I literally did a complete 180 where I decided I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing bodybuilding. I'm not doing fitness model shows. This is way too consuming for me. I couldn't do it by halves. You know, I struggle even to this day to do things by halves. If I'm in, I'm all in on things. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I transitioned out and was looking for something else that I could do. And I started writing my first book, which was the fitness mindset that I released in 2017. That book did way better than I ever expected. It did 16 weeks on the Amazon bestseller list with bestseller in the, the bookstores in Ireland. I got so lucky with that. And then my online business just kind of exploded from it. And as a result, I started to set myself these other physical challenges that I could do partly so that I could create content, but also that I wanted to kind of develop my own mental toughness. Like something that I've always struggled with through most of my life was just not being the most naturally mentally tough 
person. I tend to bottle things or can and have in the past bottle things quite easily. And I wanted to build up that resilience. And the way I did that was transitioning into those world of ultra endurance. So I started first by signing up to what's called Marathon de Saab, which is six back-to-back marathons through the Sahara Desert. And I signed up to that in August, 2017. I was actually at a Tony Robbins Business Mastery in April of that year. And I met a guy over there who's become a really good friend of mine, Tom Otten's his name. And he was telling me about this crazy race in the Sahara. He was like, you have to run six marathons back to back through the sand. You have to carry all your food on your back, all your safety supplies. You need a venom pump within arm's reach at all times in case you get bitten by a snake. And I'm like, that sounds insane. At the time, I actually missed, uh, Angela, I missed the whole next speaker at the event because I was on Google, just Googling Marathon to Saab and Googling this race. Uh, so I missed an entire hour of a speaker and it planted the seed. And then I came home and I thought, oh, I can't do that. I was like, one, I can't run. Like I'm, I'm 85 kilos. I'm quite well built. Like I'm 85, I'm short. I'm five foot eight. I'm built like a hobbit. I'm like, I can't run a marathon. Don't mind six through the Sahara. And I just forgot about it for a while. I kind of put it to the back burner. And then I put up a post on Instagram about a month later about, you know, behind every fear is a person you want to be. It was some, some quote along those lines. And I'm like, you hypocrite. Like, I'm like, you literally have bottled out on this race in the Sahara because you're afraid and you're posting it on Instagram for people. And I felt that real disconnect in authenticity from what I was telling people to what I was doing. So I went home that night, I signed up for the race and the next morning, I went and did my first two kilometer run at the end of my workout. I nearly got sick. I remember thinking, oh my God, what am I after signing up for? Six back to Mac marathons works out at about 250 kilometers. And I got mm-hmm. sick after two kilometers and I didn't know what I was going to do. I remember I had my head in the hands at a local gym at the time. And I just paused and figured out, well, what's the thing I need to do? And for me, it was, well, I need to run a marathon. I'm like, there's no point worrying about six if I can't do one. So I set the goal as a marathon. I was like, right, I'm going to sign up to the Dubai Marathon in January, which was four months before the Sahara. And I started training for that. And I built up to two kilometer runs, to three, to four, to five, to six, to 10, to 20, to the point that I was comfortable running a marathon. And then I did Marathon to Saab. I got through the six marathons in the Sahara, some crazy stuff happened you know we had a sandstorm one night where a pole and a hand went flying through somebody's hand and cut straight through their hand like it was a period when I can come back to that where I literally thought I was going to die um but got through it and then I had this massive wave after it of oh my god where else in my life am I creating these limitations on myself I just had this huge surge in confidence like confidence is just repeatedly keeping confident you know um keeping promises to yourself and this was one of those promises that I kept to myself that I would do regardless of how scared I felt because I was terrified like Angela if you got me the week before I went I if you had given me any credible out I would have taken it like I told my friends my family social media but I had no credible out I'm like I'm gonna actually have to go and do this so I went I did it but I got a massive surge of confidence off the back of it and then a year later or just under a year later I what in my head was the natural transition was, well, I've done the heat now. I want to go do something in the cold. So I ran through this, the Arctic Circle line, which was 230 kilometers over five days running through the Arctic. And that 
was probably the next level because I tore my Achilles tendon 86 kilometers from the end. So I had to run the last 86 kilometers on the torn Achilles. I couldn't walk for three months when I got home, um, but got through it. Like I I came back from that, had a completely different relationship with pain, like these challenges and events. And these, these sound crazy, but there's somebody else's 5K. There's somebody else's squatting, you know, 10 kilos on a bar. There's somebody else sitting for an extra five minutes in a sauna. Like it's all relative really based on the person. But for me, I was getting all these personal growth and these, I was becoming stronger mentally every time I did them. Like I, I came back from the Sahara, felt like I could do anything. I came back from the Arctic. I felt like I could handle any pain that life threw at me physically, emotionally, whatever it was. And I've just been doing these endurance events since. I did my first 100 mile ultra marathon last year um, in Nevada, right before the lockdown in Ireland with COVID. Um, and as of now, I'm you know sitting in my car chatting to you and uh, you know talking all things kind of health, fitness mindset. But uh, yeah, that's not a very short synopsis or an elevator pitch, but that that's my backstory to now. That's amazing. <laughs> to, to be honest, there's so much I want to unpack there because you've said quite a few things. And I think people listening, like I mean, many people listening, including myself, will be thinking, well, I'm never going to be able to run hundred miles. Cause I'm not, I've never been someone that's into kind of major endurance activity. And I guess like you were talking a lot about the mindset there and the confidence and the mental toughness, but how would you go from bodybuilding to running? And I guess that we almost need to go back a bit further because bodybuilding often isn't a very healthy industry to be in. So when you mastered that and you were having that level of success as a, as a bodybuilder, were you healthy already? Were you in good shape, good shape, as in were you eating healthy and still getting those results? Or what was your baseline? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I there's one of the things that I think people have a misconception, definitely on my channels, is they put health and fitness together and they're not the same thing. Mm. And bodybuilding is probably the epitome of that. I wasn't healthy, but I looked very fit, you know, very lean, very muscular but I definitely wouldn't have said I was healthy. You know, my nutrition was what you'd probably expect from a bodybuilder, lots of rice, chicken, broccoli, repeat, you know, as opposed to, to now where I have a much more well-rounded nutritional profile with different foods. You know, I'll come in and out of keto. I'll, I do intermittent fasting regularly, things for my overall health that I would never have done as a bodybuilder. You know, I was six to eight meals a day, every two and a half hours and just eating consistently. And the transition out, it was, it was an awkward one. Like it's an awkward one. Like I'm not a small guy. I'm still not a great runner and I don't really enjoy running that much, which sounds silly when you run through the Sahara and run through the Arctic and run a hundred miles. But like, I don't enjoy the process. I don't find it easy, partly because of my bills, partly because of some previous injuries. I used to play sports. So I've had a couple of knee surgeries, so I don't find it easy. But that's where a lot of the growth comes from. You know, the growth comes from challenging yourself and doing something that you know your life will be beneficial for doing and you do it regardless of how you feel. And you just condition yourself to do that consistently over time. It's one of the reasons I get up at 5 or 6 a.m. every morning as well. The same reason. I hate early mornings. <laughs> like, you know, I like sleeping in until 9, 10, 11 a.m., you know, and just having a nice and chill day. But getting up at 5 a.m. allows me to be more productive. It allows me to get my workout done before my family have woken up or before my daughter's woken up or before my partner's up or, you know, I've all my major things done or my work tasks done largely before 12 o'clock in the day. And that kind of gives me freedom to do it. You know, it's the, the discipline philosophy. 
Thank you so much for listening. We will link to the full episodes of each of those interviews in the show notes below this podcast. And finally, I just want to say a massive thank you for supporting the show in 2022. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. And I'm really looking forward to bringing you more great content in 2023. We have some incredible guests lined up, so stay tuned. And I wish you a very happy, healthy and prosperous 2023. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.